Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm going to be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also going to be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ad gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey there, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I am so excited to introduce you today to our guest, Katie Saunders. She is a brand designer and strategist who combines artistic talent with a deep knowledge of marketing strategy to create beautiful, effective brands and websites for interior designers and other style-savvy creative businesses. She launched Pop in Gray in 2012. After a decade-long career as an art director for ad agencies, publishing houses, and even an architectural form, Katie lives, works, cooks, and plays a mean game of backyard basketball in a not-so-quiet household she shares with her husband and two lively daughters in a very quiet North Carolina town. Thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. How are you feeling? Hey, Jen. I'm excited to be here. I'm coming off the flu, but I'm feeling pretty good. Good, good, good. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I'm really stoked to dive into today's topic. We're going to be talking about branding for tomorrow, which I think is really relevant right now with some current events going on. So if you could give us a little bit about you, your business, how you got started, and then we'll kind of dive in. Yeah. So I'm Katie. I have been doing design for as long as as I can remember. I went to school for design and I started out in publishing and then moved on to working at an advertising agency. So I've been dealing with brands and strategies and design and messaging and all of those things for forever. I went out on my own to form Pop and Gray in 2012. That was after I had had my first daughter and, you know, the landscape is very different when you have kids yep. in the house and things <laughs> changed. And so here I am. I love it. I love it. So I know a little bit about how your methods are so much different than other brand designers. So tell us a little bit about what you feel is so important about branding and how that makes your business and your structure different. Yeah. So I am um, one of few designers who will tell you right off the bat that design is not where you start. (laughs) And sometimes that's not, you know, that's hard for people to hear in the beginning because everybody comes to me, either they're really excited for a new website or for a new logo. That's where everybody wants to start. They either feel like their logo isn't attracting the right people or it just doesn't do their work justice. It just doesn't feel like them. Or they feel like their website is bringing them the wrong clients. And so I know you work with photographers and I work with a lot of photographers. And so we are all visual people and we love to start with the visuals. So what I really harp on and you know how I start all projects is that while I love the visuals and they're they're my favorite part to create of the brand, it's step two. So I, I make sure people take a step back and we always start with all of just the basic brand foundations 
and talk through positioning and, you know, how are they positioned in their market versus how do they want to be positioned in their market? And, you know, what is that core message that they're trying to get out to their customers? And really, who are their customers? Do they know who that person is? So we do a lot of work on the front end, figuring out all of those things. And then we go to all the fun stuff, which is the, right. you know, the logo and the website and all of those pieces. So what do you think is the hardest aspect of that process? Because like you said, everyone's coming to you, they're excited, they want new pretty colors and logos and all of the things pretty. So then you're like, okay, well, that's great, but we need to set the foundation first. Like what do you feel if someone comes to you is the hardest thing for them to overcome in order to get where you really want to go? I think that the most difficult thing to do is to realize that when you are either rebranding or building a brand, you're never building the brand for where you stand today. So so good. Your goal is never to perfectly communicate to people exactly who you're working with today and exactly what you're offering right this minute. Because as entrepreneurs, most of us are never happy with what we're doing today. <laughs> right. You know, we're, we're constantly reinventing our business and pivoting and, you know, finding ways to be better and bigger and serve more people or serve a higher end clientele. And so what I find is hard for people to wrap their head around, but is really essential is that they need to think through, you know, what are my long-term goals where do I want this business to go? And we're going to build that brand for that end point, not for where they are right now. It's a little uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. it brings up a lot of like imposter syndrome and people get really nervous. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing just mindset wise to wrap your head around, but it ensures that the brand that you are building is speaking to those clients that you want. And that might not necessarily be the clients that you have today. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think because right now when this podcast goes live, we're going to be roughly a week from when we're recording and we are in the middle of the COVID-19 issue, outbreak, pandemic, (laughs) and all of the things. Uh, Katie and I were just chatting about, you know, our bars and restaurants are getting closed down to, to dine in service and our kids are out of school and And it's a very unsettling time. So I think when we're in the middle of this uncertainty, I think it's amazing that you're sitting here saying, okay, if you were coming to me today, we wouldn't be talking about right now anyway. Let's talk about the future. Let's see where you want to be to be pertinent right now after this outbreak is finished and you're getting back on your feet. Where do you want to go even after months after that? So let's dive into that. So we're going to be talking about branding for tomorrow which is really creating the voice, the visuals, and the messaging, like you said, not where you are today, but where you want to be and why, especially right now, that's so important. So can you dive more into what that looks like? You know, if there's something that, you know, our listeners can start doing today while they're stuck stuck at home for the eighth or ninth day in a row. Yeah, we're all covered in children and (laughs) learning to be homeschool (laughs) teachers. Um, But yeah, I mean, the world is upside down right now. And it's like thinking to the future is scary and hard. But I think we're all going to see when we come out of this, 
that it's the businesses that used this time where people are panicking to get their business foundation straight, make that plan for the future because it's not going to stay like this. It just, right. It just won't. And it just can't. Yes. Amen. <laughs> I'm, Amen. I'm, I'm just positivity every, like <laughs> this will not, you know, this won't be going be on status forever. quo. Right. So I think what you can do now is make sure that, you know, regardless of your branding, go back to the beginning because one of the first things I work with, with people in branding is their brand values. And that becomes kind of the basis for their strategy. If you don't know what your brand values are, then start there. I know both of us have worked with Natalie Gingrich in the past, and she's like the best person I know (laughs) for that kind of work. Absolutely. So look her up, the Ops Authority. Like she has some great resources on figuring out your mission, vision, and values. And I think that is a great place to start. So if you're clear on that, if you're clear on where you want your business to go in the future, then you can start thinking about your brand. You know, look at those brand values, do a deep dive into who your clients are, you know, make a list of like, here's some attributes of my current clients versus who I really want to be working with. What are those differences? Because they might be really subtle, but figuring out what those subtle differences are in the people you're working with now versus the people you want to Combining that with knowing what your values are, you can sort of discern what kind of changes need to happen to the messaging that you're putting out there. Yeah. You know, how, how differently should you be talking to these people? Um, so what are some examples of attributes for a potential client that you were branding, like you were messaging for, say, two years ago versus the type of client that you're you know, sending messaging out today? I mean, you know, things change a lot and quickly. And, you know, two years ago, you know, my positioning and messaging was based around all creative entrepreneurs, um, which at the time I thought was, oh, so niched in. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, but it wasn't. And so over the years, I've gotten much more specific on who those creative entrepreneurs, you know, really are. And back then, a couple years ago, my clients were more solopreneurs. Mm -hmm. They were more working from home. A lot of them, you know, had kids at home. That was more of the group that I worked with back then. Today, the group I work with typically is running a six-figure business or above. They have a team. Some of them have physical locations. Most of them are not solely working out of their homes. And as creative entrepreneurs, the majority of them are interior design firms now. So I really didn't feel like I could niche down any further than creative entrepreneurs. I was thinking like, oh, well, I work with designers and photographers and boutiques and artists and all these people. And while I still work with a lot of those people, but my messaging is just for those interior design firms. But I think what people have to learn is that, you know, you can attract outside of that very small niche. Definitely. It's scary to niche down in your messaging Mm -hmm. and your positioning. It's scary for all of us, (laughs) but it just means that you'll make a better connection with those super ideal clients that you really, really want. They're going to know that you're speaking just directly to them and they're going to have very little hesitation in hiring you, but it doesn't mean the other people won't come as well. It just means, you know, they're, it's, 
you're kind of in a roundabout way talking to them. Yeah, it's still pertaining to them. You're still right. speaking to their pain points. It's just, it's going to pertain differently to them versus the interior design firms that you're really pinpointing in your messaging. Exactly. So do you think we have, I think our audience is a lot of photographers, freelancers, that type of thing. Do you think you can get too niched down? Ooh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um <laughs> A lot of different people will give you different answers on that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've always felt like sort of naturally niching down. Yeah. Because I'm just, me personally, I am not a huge risk taker. (laughs) I never in a million years would have thought that I would one day call myself an entrepreneur. Same here. Um, That is just not, that's never been my goal in the beginning. And it's just something I sort of fell into and it happened and, and I just naturally niche down over the years. And I think in the beginning, sometimes if you try to niche down too early when you're first starting, then you're not getting all that experience to see who you really love working with. And to work with someone who maybe is not a great fit, you learn a lot from those first experiences. I do see people sometimes trying to create this really perfect brand that's niched down really, really early in their entrepreneurial career. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like when they do that, they're just pulling things out of the sky, you know? And it's like, they don't have as much to go on when they're deciding like who that ideal client is. They don't actually know that ideal client yet because they haven't worked with them. Yeah. And so sometimes you put all this work into creating this niche. And then once you're really in it, you might realize, oh, I don't really love working with these people. (laughs) I mean, and that happens. So yeah, definitely. You know, I think there are plenty of businesses who have niched down right from the start and been very successful and have known Mm -hmm. what they were going for and did a great job. I think it's just in my mind, it's easier to sort of try things on in the beginning, you know, the first couple of years. Yeah. Try on a lot of different clients and different services and find what you're really good at instead of just making it up and hoping that you are right. It works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see all the time cause I'm in a, in a lot of photographer groups and I love <clears throat> photographers. They're so creative. They're so much fun to work with, but can we talk a little bit about how photographers can and creative businesses in general, their branding is more than just their logo. Cause I see all of the time, like, Hey, I need a logo made or I need a mood board made or, or those types of things. And that's, you know, all fine and dandy, but it really goes beyond that. I think as, as visual people, like photographers are a lot like designers, like we want the beautiful website and we want the pretty logo. And I do think logos are incredibly powerful. And I think a really well-designed logo can pull people into you. Your logo is in the context of every other piece of your brand. Oh, that's so, so good. So if the rest of your brand doesn't support that, you know, if it's not communicating the same thing, then yeah, you're going to draw those people in for a hot second. Right. And then, and then they're kind of done, like, because they're going to, you know, they're going to want to keep seeing that same message communicated through your social media feed and through your website copy and through your portfolio and through your in-person experience, which is so huge for photographers. And if they don't see that, then it really loses all that power. So it's kind of a waste to 
to like put all your time and energy and effort into the logo if you're not going to also have these other pieces that support it. Did that really That's, even answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, I it it did. It did. I talk about really very similarly the same thing when you're talking about your client experience. And it's just like the the episode why you need a CRM. If you have someone email you and then they sit there for two days, you know, your your website was great and everything was fantastic and they loved you and they and then nothing happens. It dies there. It's the same thing when you're talking about branding. You can have a gorgeous logo that speaks to your ideal client and like you says, draws them in. But if the messaging falls flat or they're not getting the experience on the back end, they're eventually going to be repelled instead yeah. of pulled in. Because then they don't know which one, which one of you is the real you. They yeah. can't both be authentic. Yeah. So, you know, is it the super scattered person <laughs> or is it the one that I see on the website that looks very put together and polished? And I do think there are some really, really simple, easy ways to think about like your, your digital experience and your in-person experience that can support your brand that don't require a ton of work. So, you know, yeah. once you know... Once you know kind of what you want people to feel, you know, maybe you're going off of that. Like that's just an easy thing. If you can decide, you know who your client is and you know kind of how they're feeling when they're looking for what it is that you do and you know how you want to make them feel afterwards. So maybe they feel really stressed out. Maybe you're a senior photographer and, you know, these high school students feel super stressed out. You want your brand to feel one really fun and really approachable and not like some old fuddy-duddy grandpa or grandma shooting <laughs> their senior photos, yeah. you know, like you want it to feel young and fun, but you also want it to feel really, really organized and structured and polished because those parents are looking at you too. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to think about that. So, you know, there's a lot of little things, like I'm not that person that says that you have to know like every single thing about your ideal client. But if you can just know like kind of what they're feeling, what you want to make them feel, you can start with that. So if you start there, well then just think about, you know, let's think of some things to add to the in-person experience that might make it feel a little bit more fun and, you know, a little bit more casual and make them feel really comfortable. And like, this is just like a fun outing they're doing but then think about on the back end, like, what can I do to make this all a really buttoned up experience for the parent who's probably paying for this and might be the one giving more referrals to other parents? You might want to think about changing the greeting in your Dubsado emails because it's going for parents. And, you know, sometimes I, I think like the default in there is like, hey, with an exclamation point. Yeah. You know, you might want to make that a little bit more parent friendly and yeah. buttoned up. And it's like little bitty things like that that you can change that will affect the overall feel of your brand. But that's going to take you five minutes to go in and just change that in your email template. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I loved everything you had to say. If you had to leave our audience with one tip that they can go implement today to up-level their branding, what would it be? Yeah, so I would say the most important thing would be to start with who your audience is 
not who you are. Yes. You know, start by making sure you know who that client is and how you can serve them in a unique way and how you can, you know, alleviate any fears they have and and then think about how visuals support that kind of communication. You know, what kind of look and feel do you need on your website and in your logo and, you know, all those things, but just always start with your client. Love it. Okay. So we're going to wrap up with three quick fire questions. Oh gosh. <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't get too nervous. So what's your favorite business tool? Dubsado. Yes. I'm going to start like, <laughs> I need to do like a tally yeah. on my Instagram stories when podcast episodes come out, like one for Dubsado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite quote? I am a quote fanatic. Oh, I am not a quote fanatic. All right. It's design is not just what it looks like and feels like. Design is how it works. I like it. It's Love a Steve it. Jobs quote. That's awesome. Awesome. And then how do you take your nightcap? Do you have a nightcap? Do you like nightcaps? Oh, it depends on if it's during the week or on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. I would say during the week, I'm probably up working with a decaf coffee. Nice. And on the weekend, it would probably be a Moscow mule in front of the TV with my husband. No, <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on today. I absolutely loved everything you had to say. I think it was uh, perfect for the time in our lives right now. And uh, I'm really excited to have you do an Instagram takeover when your podcast goes live. So awesome. stoked about that. And we will see you next time. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.